Welcome to The Things We Say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. This is a topical podcast where the topics are chosen at random. Sometimes they will be profound, and sometimes they will be stupid. But no matter what, we have a lot to say about them. We are known for the things we do. We become the things we think. We live the things we believe. These are the things we say. Back on the things we say, I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate, which means we are legitimately, we are back. And we're back. I am here. in the same place at the same time. And I am so pleased I'm not dead. Or hacking up alone. Or hacking, although I, I'm still coughing a little bit, so you might get a little bit of that on I'm going to try audio, and concentrate so. on today's podcast. I have something very significant going on in my life right now. Oh. Fantasy football playoffs. Oh. And it's coming down to Monday night. <laughs> Dude, I'm just He's glad. got three players going and I'm up by thirty-five. I'm I'm too busy just being glad the Browns don't suck this year. Oh, it doesn't matter whether we win or lose. The 49ers <laughs> beat the Seahawks. I can live for a whole calendar football year <laughs> in the glory of that 26-23. Do win. you do you still have uh what's his name on your team? Sherman. Sherman. Yeah. 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 How's, how's he doing for you? He was pretty hype in the locker room. Yeah. Yeah. He enjoyed it. <laughs> Are you liking him more and more as he's on your team? Yeah. I used to think that my beef with Seattle was totally Richard Sherman. Yeah. And I found out that the way they are as a team comes down to Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. So when, they, when we played the Seahawks in <laughs> Seattle, one of our linebackers lost his shoe. Russell Wilson took his shoe and threw it eight more yards downfield. Our guy goes to get it. They run to the line, try and snap the ball really quick, and our guy all of a sudden realizes it, tries to run off the field without his shoe. The other linebacker saw what was happening and tried to run on, and we got called for too many men on the field or something like that, and our coach was losing it and kindly asked the referee to call the something game. I yeah. couldn't read his lips real good. Yeah. Actually, I could. I'm sure you but could. <laughs> <laughs> he, got a, he got like a $14,000 fine for that. But, uh, yeah, if your quarterback is just heaving the opponent's shoe further down the field and then running to the line, yeah. that, it's unsportsmanlike. Their entire team is unsportsmanlike. I don't like it. Yeah. So That's fair. Yeah. That's I'm living in the glory of the win. It's just <laughs> fantastic. I don't care if I win fantasy football or not. That, right. that was the victory. Yeah. So, did you know for this week? All right. Comes from Human Progress again, which is my new favorite. Of course. And and uh, I I heard something about life expectancy going up drastically across the world since 1960, and I'm like, that can't be possible. Like in one. Like in my parents' generation, generation my yeah. parents uh, were alive and well and graduating or in school in the 60s. Right. Like it, Anyway, in my parents' lifetime, the world life expectancy has gone up 25 years in some places. In the United States, it's gone up nine years. Uh, globally, it went from an average of like 51. People were living like to age 51 on average, and now it's up over 70. That's insane. That's crazy, yeah. That's insane progress. Well, again, that just goes back to our whole thing of like things just keep getting better and nobody's happy. They, and, and, and you would think <laughs> that that trend actually went backwards the way people talk about what's going on in the world. And we mentioned it in that, that podcast, you know, what, what major war is happening right now? There is, there is no declared war that's happening in the world right now. Right. Where one nation state has declared war against another. Right. Which does have its own problems. Yeah. As well, because there should be some that I aren't. But yes, overall, I will I will side with you on that one for sure. <laughs> and <laughs> sorry, we're both mildly entertained because my wife is literally sitting in here snapping pictures of, <laughs> of us and as we're. I, I didn't do my hair tonight. No, I, I wore a beanie. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Over. I didn't do anything special so either. I'm just. Those Instagram pictures are going to be something else. I just realized it's Monday. I'm so used to recording on Sunday that I almost just said, oh, I'm just wearing what I wore to church today. And then I'm like, wait a minute, no. <laughs> I, I mean, I was at church because I work at a church, but there were no services because it's a Monday. It was yeah. weird. 
That's insane. So in some places where people were living to like 40 years of age, their average is now 63. Along with there not being any declared war happening right now and not much between 1960 globally yeah. and today. <laughs> and then there, right now there is no famine. Mm. The whole entire, you, you, like those pictures of people from Ethiopia starving in, in mass and there's massive yeah. famine going on. And there isn't one right now. Right, right. And, you know. But GMOs are bad. GMOs are bad, though. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I remember having a friend who was, who was a professional chef. And uh, we were talking about, uh, at, at the time, I was dating a girl who was very much into that kind of mindset of, you know, the evils of GMOs, watching things like Food Inc. and different things like that. And he just went off on how the world would starve if it weren't for GMOs. And he said, there are some issues and kinks that are getting worked out. He's like, but people don't understand what they're asking when they say they don't want these at all. He said, yeah. it's, it would be literally catastrophic for the world, which you have some sick people who are like, well, yeah, we need a new plague. You know, there's too many people. Let's, let's thin the herd a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that theory is being debunked too. Yeah. We talked about that in yeah. the other podcast. Yeah. Uh, but to, to end this section, it says life expectancy is one of the best indicators of the overall state of humanity because it reflects the interplay of rising incomes, material abundance, and medical breakthrough, as well as declining violence. Yeah. It's the one metric that measures all of them. <coughs> and it's always good when you see those rising. Yeah. And it is doing so. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Since 1960. That's good stuff. Yeah. I love that. It'll brighten your day. Yeah, a little positivity for, for all of you negative people. And I say that as a realist. You know, I'm not I'm not an optimist by any means at all, except sometimes when it comes to my I'm an my optimist. sports my sports teams. I'll get I'll get a little overly optimistic sometimes. But other than that, I, I'm I'm a very much a realist. And uh, so yeah, take take that, all you pessimists out there. Yeah. A little a little bit of good news. What for I love you. is a site like Human Progress who says we're not gonna report any bad news. This is a site that's just going to be good news. Yeah, it's what about do people progress. want to do? Argue with them yep, constantly. Constantly. <laughs> constantly. Oh, my gosh. And you say you want a, an outlet that's only going to give you good news. Yeah, nobody and, actually and wants want this that. Negativity. No. No, people want negative, want people want to hear negative things about the things about the people they already assume they don't like. They want to hear people fight. Yeah, that's what they want. But we decided on our podcast that one of the things that, looking back over our all-time uh, most listened to shows... We've noticed that some have risen to the top, and those have often been ones that we told a good story. Yes. A, a story that was believable, compelling, something like that. So we've gone uh, into the hopper and grabbed some names that we like, and we're going to go ahead and tell some stories. This is one of those podcasts. Yes. Uh, so Nate comes prepared. I came totally unprepared. Yeah. I don't know anything other, anything about Jimmy Stewart, our subject today. <laughs> Other than the fact that he's in a really horrible movie. Oh, see, and we're going to have to. It's a wonderful And life. we're going to have to go we around that. We did that on the Christmas because podcast. It is. You it's, can't do it again. Oh, but we it's can. It's a terrible we movie. Can. No. And there's no coming back it's from it. It's one of my favorite Three movies in the world. It's, it's one of the best movies ever made, hands down. It's horrible. It's one of the best movies ever I, made. I managed to keep my eyes open through it one time. I don't think it's physically possible to do that again. I watch it every year. At How? least every year. Because it's one of my favorite movies that's ever been Are put to film. Are you awake for the entire thing? Without a doubt. Oh, Without a doubt. I love the time they take to actually do the setup to give you the backstory. And the actual, like, Christmassy part of it is very short because they're actually giving you, you know, this. And the message is awesome. Like, the actual message of, like, how one person's life touches another and how much it affects another and how valuable everyone's life actually is. You can do what you want. I'm just telling you. You know, I'm I mean, sorry, were you still? You know, it's not hitting 22 it. shells with gunpowder in them, but you know, it's a great movie. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> my things for you to remember. My, my my biggest thing tonight, I'm I'm picking Jimmy Stewart because it is the holiday season. I want to talk about him a little bit. He's always been one of my favorite actors. Um, but also, I've just been looking at, at like current entertainment, and by that I mean sports and Hollywood and music culture. And I've just been so struck by every time anything happens politically uh, or socially or, uh, you know, or there's war or any of that stuff, what do you see someone from Hollywood or from the music industry or from sports nowadays? What do they do? 
by and large. Some form of protest or wearing a ribbon or right. something they, like they that. They gesture. Or they can throw money at it. They gesture. Um, and sometimes they grandstand. Sometimes they, they you know, go to these self-congratulatory uh, award ceremonies where they all vote on how great they are together, collectively, uh, instead of letting America... I, I would just love to see one Oscars where it's not the Academy that votes. It's literally Americans. They're like, eh, I'm going to vote for that or not. Like, I would love to see that. But then you would that. have, like, the most base <laughs> movies winning everything. And, and that's the way it should be. Yep. I remember back in the day when movies won Oscars because they were huge. There not because they were socially relevant and people in Hollywood thought that they were moving and amazing. Like, Titanic has the record for the most Oscars ever. And before that, it was Ben-Hur. Like, yeah. these big epics that just blew people's minds. Like, that is, that is what should be winning Academy Awards. I'm sorry. That is what should be winning. And anything else is just, you know, yeah, I can get into that. But anyway, I started thinking about that. And then I started thinking about different eras that have happened in entertainment. And back in kind of that golden age era, which I'm looking at that as like the 40s specifically. So World War II. What happened in World War II? In mass, you saw Hollywood stars enlist. And a lot of them and stayed stars. Yeah, and a lot of them stayed state side stayed stayed state side side. Uh, you know, some of them fought, some of them didn't. Um, and again you saw like icons like Elvis Presley in the fifties. He got drafted and he went and he Served his time in the military and then got out and revived his career after the fact. And yeah. didn't kick and scream about it. Was very much like, no, I'm honored to get to serve my country and be a part of this and, yeah. and I'm going to do it. Um, baseball. Major League Baseball literally shut down during World War II yeah. because so many of their superstars, their big draws, went off to fight. And, and they... They just were like, you know what? And they actually started a women's league, and very few know that, uh, that there was actually a women's baseball league that, that played, I think, for about five years uh, in replace of Major League Baseball. Yeah. Um, and then once that was over, they kind of faded away, and you know, back to Major League Baseball we went. But it kind of got me in this mode of, of, of thinking, like, where have all these men gone? Like, where have all these great men gone who not only were great actors, not only have, like, iconic films and... Um, I do know the last one. <coughs> Pat Tillman. Pat Tillman, yes, yes. That was probably and I, and the last I, one. And I, did, and I did think of him. I did think of him. Who and was killed by Friendly, friendly fire, fire, which... Unbelievable. Yeah. There's actually a whole lot of conspiracy theory about that. I don't know if you've ever looked into it, but we'll have to, we'll have to talk about that in a separate one sometime. But there's a lot of conspiracy theory around his whole Friendly Fire incident. I would love to incident. talk about Pat Tillman. Yeah, but we'll do it sometime. But the person I'm, I'm picking to kind of talk about tonight and tell a little bit about is Jimmy Stewart because he was the first um, Hollywood actor to enlist in World War II, the very okay. first one. And uh, so a little bit of his story, where did he come from? He, like, he was just kind of your like, you know, typical, uh, you know, Midwest. He was born in Indiana, Pennsylvania. So he's one, oh. of, he's one of your people. Hey, oh, um, you know, he's, uh, you know, He's 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 white as white could be. He's Scottish and and, and, and English, uh, you know, uh, in his in his uh, background. Um, he was descended from veterans of the American Revolution, and he was actually a part of the uh, the Sons of the American Revolution. Was part of that organization. Um, was just like literally your all American man. Um, he wasn't like your overly strong masculine type, but he was just your everyman kind of guy. Yeah. And the thing I love so much about Jimmy Stewart is everybody sees him in these iconic roles. And uh, for those of you who don't aren't familiar, as Sheldon said, he is in It's a Wonderful Life, which Sheldon is wrong about. There are very few things where I will straight up say Sheldon is wrong, and he's wrong about It's a Wonderful Life. It is an incredible movie, and uh, you should and you should definitely watch it. That doesn't make him right. Half of America, well, more than half of America, voted for Hillary Clinton. How'd that go? But anyway. Um, but he was in some of the films he was in that were big uh, were uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Again, obviously, it's a Wonderful Life, the Philadelphia Story, uh, a really quirky film called Harvey, um, which is pretty entertaining. Um, Shenandoah, uh, Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Like, there's some really, and Vertigo. Vertigo is a pretty crazy one uh, that he did with Alfred Hitchcock. But one of my favorite movies that he ever did was a movie called The Rear Window, which was also a Hitchcock film. And, um, in this film, he plays a, I think he's a reporter who breaks his leg severely and is, okay. and is basically stuck in his house, in his yeah. apartment. And 
So to entertain himself, he basically kind of comes to this... It's kind of voyeuristic in a way, but it's not sexual. But he's he's basically spying on the apartment complex across across the street okay. because he's literally got nothing else to do. You know, this isn't the age of the internet. He can't really work because he's an investigative reporter. And he becomes convinced that one of the men across the street has murdered his wife and buried her in his garden based on things. he's And people start thinking he's crazy. Like they're starting to worry that he's losing his mind, going stir crazy in here. And he's just trying so hard to convince him like, no, I'm sure of this. It's a, it's a phenomenal psychological thriller. And they actually, <clears throat> there was actually kind of a remake of it done with uh, uh, Shia LaBeouf uh, a while back that really? uh, suburbia, I think was the name okay. of it. And it was, it was horrible. I mean, there's some, it had some of this thrill, t- you know, factor of it, um, but it's 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 not as it's masterful. If you watch the original, it's I mean, Alfred Hitchcock was a genius, and uh, Jimmy Stewart's an amazing actor, so it all just came together well. Uh, but that's one of my favorite movies with him, and it definitely check that one out. But again, top in my list is is going to be It's a Wonderful Life, and again, Sheldon's just wrong. Um, <clears throat> he was an Academy Award winner. Uh, you know, he got a he got a. Uh, Best Actor Award in 1941, got a Lifetime Achievement Award from the Academy in 1985, and this is back when those actually okay. still meant something. Yeah. Um, you know, he he acted well into his, uh, I want to say he acted well into his 70s before he retired, um, and he was just one of these iconic guys. And one of the things I love about him, uh, he was uh, he was, uh, what was it? What was it? He was he was named uh, the third greatest male screen legend of the Hollywood, uh, the golden age of Hollywood and uh, by the American Film Institute. And he was uh, third behind Humphrey Bogart and Cary Grant. Oh, really? So it was the, the, the Hollywood male holy trinity of Humphrey Bogart, Cary Grant, and Jimmy Stewart. Um, but one of the things that, that I love about Jimmy Stewart and one of the things that I've always read about him and, and, and doing research on him is what you see in his films like that good old boy um, yeah. America. That like was Andy literally Griffith style. That was literally him. Like it's really interesting because you huh. look at a guy like Andy Griffith. He was not a pleasant man. Like he he was like a a hardcore like a boss. Like he was not a pleasant dude to work for to work with. His nice easygoing persona was not what he was like in real life. He was very driven. He was very uh, caustic to work with. Um, I mean, people loved him. Like he 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 did well by people, but he was. He he expected a lot, yeah. And uh, and that easygoing country manner was not a thing uh, for him in real life. <clears throat> Jimmy Stewart was the opposite. Literally everybody who ever worked with him just had glowing things to say about him. Just never a bad word that was Does ever that spoken mean he about couldn't him. Couldn't act. No, he could <laughs> act because he did play some darker roles at times. And and again, there are even moments in in uh, in It's a Wonderful Life where you see him like bordering on insane based on what's yeah. going on around. And he and he played that very well. But again, he was just this laid back, easygoing, like that's what he was known for. Um, but one of the things that was interesting about him too is early on in life, and he kind of had that classic again American male. He was known as a playboy early on in his life. But then I think when he was uh, right around forty. He married and stayed married to that woman the rest of her life, and, and, they, and they had children, and they had, like, a stable family. He was never known to be running around with anybody. Like, he, hmm. once he committed, he was like, yep, this is it. This is what I'm doing, and, and, and he gave up that life, you know, that whole Wild Oats era, and just moved right on and moved right into it. So, again, he was this. He was exactly what he appeared to be. Yeah. Um, and so... One of the things that, again, I really started thinking about was, was his military career. And this is the interesting, interesting thing about Jimmy Stewart is he actually had a military career. He enlisted, um, and he actually got rejected when he first tried to enlist for World War II because his height-to-weight ratio uh, did not work because he was a tall dude, but he was too skinny for oh, his height. okay. <laughs> and so uh, a recruiter I told say, him... I didn't think he was fat at all. No, no, and so a recruiter told him, okay, go do this, this, and this to try to gain weight. And he did that, and he tried really hard and still came in underweight uh, the next time, but they kind of just passed him through anyway. Uh, wow. And he, was a, he had a, his, his, uh, he had his uh, pilot's license, and okay. so he went straight for uh, the, the Air Force. What would have been the Air Corps at the time, uh, still attached to the U.S. Army, and so he um, 
and of course, being being a actor, being a famous actor, and the fact that he was the first actor to enlist, major Hollywood actor, um, they wanted to use him as a recruitment tool. They wanted to use him as a propaganda tool. Yep. And he refused. He wanted to fight. Like that is why he enlisted. He enlisted to Did go they over do to that Europe with and Elvis fight a little bit. Like I felt like <coughs> yeah. And, when and I again, read about there was Elvis, there was a camera yeah, with him almost there wasn't, all the time. And there wasn't really any conflict going on at the time either. Um, it it might have been the Korean War might have been kind of going on a little bit or just ended, uh, but there was nothing really going on. He was just drafted because the draft was still in place, and 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 it was fairly unremarkable his. His military career. I mean, he served well, uh, but he didn't have anything overly distinctive about himself. Uh, Jimmy Stewart, on the other hand, they again, they kept trying to push him into these roles. And um, he actually was training initially, was training people, and uh, was, was initially, I think when he first enlisted, was actually given the rank of lieutenant uh, because of his education and because he actually went through some additional uh, classes in order to actually achieve an officer rank um, and not just be an enlisted man. Gotcha. And so this was a, a major deal for him. Like he, he legitimately wanted to go after this, wanted to serve. And, uh, and so he pushed and pushed and pushed till finally he got assigned to a bombardier squadron that he led. He was not just a guy in the squadron. He led a squadron of bombardiers and, and went on multiple missions uh, during World War II, multiple bombing raids, and wow. uh, was in the thick of it. And there were no cameras, there were no reporters. And in fact, one of my favorite stories is that he was not a man who was prone to, um, to abusive language or swearing or anything like that. Was not known to be that at all. <clears throat> but I remember uh, watching an interview once and somebody saying the only time they ever saw Jimmy Stewart mad was he was being enlisted to, not enlisted, he was being ordered to report to uh, this particular place where they were going to make a film and they were going to use him as, uh, as the face of this particular film. It was a, it was a, it was a, I don't know if it was a recruitment film, but it was some, it was something informational, but it was very positive for actually the people fighting. It wasn't just about propaganda. Like it was something that was going to benefit, the, uh, the, the men and men, the men, men at arms at the time. And he was, all he knew was they wanted to do a film and they wanted to use him in it. So he literally flew in, he lands his bomber, he gets out and he just goes on this tirade, just swearing, you know, I'm not going to effing do this. Like he's just swearing, swearing, swearing. There's no way I'm doing this. Get these cameras out of here. I'm not going to do these publicity stunts. Well, finally they got him calmed down enough to explain to him exactly what they were trying to do and that it was going to benefit wounded warriors, that it was going to benefit, you know, these guys that were, you know, overseas that were already fighting. And he suddenly became very sheepish and very apologetic. And oh, I'm so sorry. You know, I'm sorry I was speaking like this. I'm sorry. He said, I just didn't want to do anything that was going to be career promotion for me. This was, he's like, I'll do this. This is, this is for the right reasons, so I'll do it, and and did and and didn't yeah. receive any payment, didn't receive any royalty, did it as a part of his military service, and uh, and and again doing all he could to legitimately help the war effort. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but one of the most amazing things, he after World War II, he continued to serve. Really. And by the time he retired, he was a brigadier general in the United States Air Force. What? Yes. So he rose to the rank on his own merit. He flew in both World War II and in Vietnam. Wow. And rose to the rank of Brigadier General in the United States Air Force. And then in 1985 uh, was uh, promoted to Major General uh, on the reserve list by uh, President Reagan and was given the Presidential Medal of Freedom. So he was one of these dudes who, like, he legitimately stayed. He legitimately did this thing um, and didn't just – it wasn't just show. It wasn't just – like your Elvis kind of thing, but like yeah. legitimately went and legitimately fought and legitimately had credibility as a military officer and had real military accomplishments while still being one of the most famous men in Hollywood. Um, and, and, and it's just astounding to me to see a generation of men and again, women who did, did phenomenal things at the time. But again, I'm talking specifically about men here, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to pander just to, because it needs to be equal. You know, this is what I'm talking about. It's a deal. Um, but, this generation of men who literally, you know, they may have had political differences with people. They may have had different philosophical outlooks on how countries should have been run or how things. But when it came time for the rubber to meet the road, yeah, and this was about being American and about protecting the home front and about defending freedom throughout the world, they went and went without a problem. And again, he is he is like the epitome 
of that example of, of what that meant to be somebody who was successful, literally didn't have to go, wouldn't have been drafted because of his, uh, I think he had one other medical issue that would have prevented from being, him from being drafted and went and served anyway and chose so to do it. He get married while he was in the service then. I believe he got married after, um, I'm trying to think exactly when, when that happened. I had a bunch of these dates written down and then I accidentally erased the, uh, accidentally erased the note that I had. Because it mm. seems like was serving that long. Yeah. Well, he would have been in the service uh, without a doubt. Uh, without a doubt. He would oh, have absolutely. Oh, he was in the reserves for a while, yeah. too. Yeah, he okay. continued on in the reserves. Uh, let's see here. What year was he married? Yeah, he got married at the age of 41 after World War II uh, in 1949. And uh, still went back to Vietnam having yep. a family and everything. Yep. Yep, he did. And wow. I think actually his one of his sons, I believe, served in the military as well. Hmm. And uh and they may have actually he may have actually lost one of his kids during Vietnam. I'm actually pretty sure that happened. Let me see here. I'm pretty sure I read that. Yeah. Yeah. Um his his son, uh let's see the couple they remained him and his wife remained married until her death from lung cancer in nineteen ninety four. She was 75. Oh. Um, and his son, Ronald, was killed in action in Vietnam in uh, June of 1969 at age of 24. And he was wow. a lieutenant in the Marine Corps. <clears throat> and I believe that was his adopted son. I believe she had she had a, one or two children that he adopted. And, uh, and then they had one child together. But yeah, they were just kind of this, and again, had history all the way back to the American Revolution. And so this guy who was seen as Americana and seen as this was legitimately that. I mean, it wasn't, there was nothing huh. fake or false about Jimmy Stewart. He was literally that guy. Um, and, uh, and I just, I look at that and I think how rare that actually is. Um, you know, you see, you see somebody doing a military film in Hollywood now, and it's always that, Oh, I can't believe there are guys who actually go and do this and train like this and have these experiences. And Oh, I'm just so great. And I, and I appreciate the, the sentiment of being grateful for, because most of them, you know, they go through boot camp for a week and they get a little experience of almost what it would be like to, and so they're, you know, they're given props, but or at the same time for a TV show of some <coughs> kind, and so we do see it right. and we do know about right. it. I think there's there is something there that separates people too much. Like it takes it takes that whole world and puts a wall between them. It's like, well, I can't do that because I'm obviously so busy as an right. actor. And it's almost like, yeah, as if nobody else is busy with their job right. when they sign up to right. serve or nobody else is busy with their life. Yeah. You know? And, and I think that's the thing where you see the biggest changes happen in American culture. I don't think it's in the everyday people, uh, you know, because I, I've sat down with people that I disagree with politically, that I disagree with socially. And, we don't dislike each other. Yeah. We disagree, but we don't dislike each other. And we don't think the other's a horrible person. And we don't think that the other is, you know, out to kill the other or out to destroy anything yeah. that's going on. But I see that in entertainment, especially there, the common things that unite us are no longer there with people who are, and I think that's where, when you talk about a disconnect between Hollywood or between sports, you know, entertainment in general and the common man, it's, it's for that very reason. There has become a separate ideology as to what is important and what values are. And, you know, yeah. and again, even in that era, you know, Hollywood was Hollywood. You know, people were cheating with other people and sleeping with whoever and doing drugs and all that. Like, that was still a thing. But there were still, like, these common, like, social norms and, nor and, 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 and moral standards that you did not break. And there were still these ideas of, like, what it meant to be American, what it meant to be one people here together yeah. that, that were universal all the way through the country. And, and that, you know, you really started to see that shift in the 60s. Um, and times, you started to see that happen with entertainment as well. In times time. of war, times of conflict have a way of bringing people together. Without a doubt. 9-11 uh, <coughs> was, was a prime example. And, and we talked about it a little bit there with Pat Tillman. But, there, I mean, there was a strong push of people that just signed up the minute they saw the towers fall. Yeah, and and they said, I don't care who did this, I don't care where they did it, I'm gonna sign up, I'm gonna go kick butt and take names. Right, you know, and and I, I'm actually disappointed that there wasn't more high profile people that did that. 
Yeah. Because Blue Collar America certainly did that. Right, without a doubt. There was a huge groundswell. Yeah. I mean, I was in high school, and I know <coughs> kids in my high school that instead of going on to college, enlisted. Yeah. Because they were like, yeah. I mean, it was the defining... It was the defining thing of our, our senior year. Right. I mean, it's it's in the back of my yearbook, the Twin Towers right, right there. And, and so, yeah, lots of people my age went out and were like, hey, I'm not going to college. I'm going to go do something about this. Right. I can, I can make a change. And it was kind of disappointing that there wasn't a, a higher number of high-profile people that would also do the same. Right. And I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know what that says about us. But, or, or the people that we idolize and, and I don't know, has, has, uh, obviously Hollywood was isolated back then, Yeah. but is it more so today? I mean, I think, I think there's a, did they feel like they had a responsibility that they no longer feel that they have? Here's the thing. I think this has more to do with family roots than anything else, because you wouldn't hear somebody in Hollywood back in that era, disparage where they were from. Gotcha. Most of the time, that they still had sense. a home where they were from. They yep. still went home and, and spent time with their families. They you know, had relationships with their parents. There, there was yeah. positives. So many people who are in the entertainment today... The pride of Indiana, Pennsylvania. You know, yeah, you'd have something yeah. like and that. And they'd, they, you know, they'd keep rooting for their hometown teams, and they'd keep yeah. you know, supporting the, the college that they went to you know, in their state school or whatever. You know, that, was, that was a thing. Now, so many people look at the glamour of entertainment, whether that's music or whether that's sports or whether that's movies, and they want to get away. All they want to do is get away from where they are. They want to get away from the and what they perceive of, to be the backwards whatever that they live in. But part of the rite of passage into Hollywood is despising middle right. America. Despising where you've the come Midwest, from. Anything yeah. about it. And that's why I love a guy like Chris Pratt. Yeah. Because he is. He's just like your, your blue-collar dude. Or Tim just, Allen. Yeah. Tim <laughs> Allen's another one. One of my favorite actors, and, and, and he's not been in a lot of huge stuff. I mean, uh, CSI New York was a big one for him. But Gary Sinise. Okay. I'm yeah. a big fan of Gary yeah. Sinise, not just because of I like him as an actor, but because of what he's done in the background in terms of, uh, you know, for Wounded Warriors, in terms of, uh, you know, I mean, he, I, I just saw something. He just did something ridiculous. This why is uh, her name escaping me? The the mom from Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah. Um, uh, and she's in the middle. It's Patricia something, isn't Patricia it? Patricia no. Heaton. Yeah. Yeah. She's from the <coughs> Cleveland area and total like yeah. salt of the earth, wonderful person, right. that type of thing. Right. It's definitely not despising her roots right. or anything like and, that. And you're right. I mean, it's it's then even then there was an expectation that that you you loved where you were from. You loved your country. You loved your home. Yeah. Like there was. That was normal. That was considered normal. Whereas, like you're saying, now it's become this, it's almost like a stigma. You get made fun of if you like where you're from. You get made fun of if you're if yeah. you're still attached to what your actual roots were. Yeah. And uh and yeah, so that's and that's the thing too. I mean, even like your your guys like your John Waynes or even like your Henry Fords, who were not Henry Fords. Yeah. No, was Henry Ford the Ford guy or was Henry Ford the actor? Henry, Ford Henry Fonda is, is who I meant. Henry Fonda. <laughs> I was gonna say Henry Ford. Who, who, was like the Henry Ford Fonda guy. was very liberal dude, um, and but he was still like there was especially in that World War II era like there was still that sense of Americana about him like there was that uniting factor, and uh, I actually think it's kind of funny because um, Henry Fonda and uh, Jimmy Stewart were really good friends. They actually lived together uh, before either one of them got married, huh. and they were known as kind of the dual playboys. Like they would go out and you know all the women and all the clubs and all the things and whatever. Um, but they were really, really good friends. Uh, but they are completely different. I mean, Stewart was a lifelong Republican. Fonda was a lifelong Democrat and kind of your progressive Democrat even back then. And, um, and they got into a political argument in 1947 that actually resulted in a fist fight. Like huh. they literally took it outside because that been they, fun to watch. yeah, they so, so strongly disagree with each other. And then after that point, they're like, ah, we're just not going to discuss politics again because we disagree so badly and we're friends. So yeah. we'll let that go. <coughs> but again, that's the kind of thing where had that happened in today's era, there would have been a piece written about it. There would have been people drawing sides and there would have been a Twitter battle. And first of all, they never would have actually had a fist fight. They would have just fought with each other on yeah, Twitter. I think, I think we could solve a lot of these Hollywood Twitter beefs and stuff like that 
Uh, just a rubber room match. Yeah. Ten minutes, you two in a rubber room. Tell us who won. Yep. And then we'll be done. And then we'll just go back to normal. Fight it out. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, I, I just think that's so interesting to me. Just how in, in, I mean, really just almost one generation, so much of that has been lost. And I believe there's some aspect of it that's coming back. You're seeing some glimmer of it. But, man, by and large... I think that's just something that's just gone, that's just been was, lost. Was Jimmy Stewart an anomaly <laughs> of his time? Or do you feel like that was more, there were more people like him? Jimmy Stewart was the best of his era. Yeah. But there were others who were like him. There were others who did as he did. Um, but he was just, he was, he was a legitimate leader in those kind of things. He wasn't just a, just a likable guy. Like he, Yeah. So did Ronald Reagan know him outside of, like he gave him the Presidential Medal of Freedom? I believe, and I'm wondering because Reagan so. was an actor. Reagan was an actor. Um, I believe that you know they kind of. I mean, they were very different calibers of actors, though. I mean, yeah. Ronnie was like a was like a B actor, like throughout his whole career. I don't think he had any any big uh, roles ever. Really, he was he was just kind of. Oh yeah, I know that guy. Yeah. You know, kind of, kind of that kind of deal. And whereas Jimmy Stewart was Jimmy Stewart. I mean, dude, dude was iconic in his time and is more iconic now. Yeah. <clears throat> but no, I think I, even then he was a standout in 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 that era. Um, and again, just by the fact that he was married to one woman, and you know how many Hollywood icons that were married to multiple women and had multiple affairs, and you knew about all these mistresses, and there were all these... Te- yeah. There's never been a tell-all book about Jimmy Stewart because there's nothing to tell. Yeah. Like, what you see is what you get. Like, that was it. And uh, and so, yeah, I do think he was a bit of an anomaly, but he was also very indicative of the spirit of the, the era, the spirit yeah. of the time. And I would what agree was going with that. He's more of an icon of, yeah. of that. Yeah. 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 But, again, the guy's always fascinated me. I've always loved his movies. Um, and I was so... I was so encouraged when I actually found out that who he seemed to be was actually who he was. Yeah. Um, he was actually a poet as well, which a lot of people <laughs> don't know. He wrote poetry, and there's and I haven't looked it up yet. I, I just recently read about this. I'd never heard about it. But he, he wrote a particular poem that he recited on the Johnny Carson show back okay. in the day and literally brought Carson to tears. Whoa. Live, like on just reading yeah. this poem. And so I really want to go see it. I feel like that would be really fascinating. Talk <clears> about <throat> a guy that should be prepared for most anything. Yeah. Johnny Carson yeah. would be the guy. Man, I miss Johnny but. Carson. <laughs> yeah. And again, Some, somebody I just read this week was like, okay, late night comedy shows. I don't care if you do or do not like Trump or whatever, yeah. but the humor in and of itself is getting old. Yeah. Like when you're all reading from the same script right. and I can flip from channel to channel to channel right. and the content is just variations of the same thing. <clears throat> because it One w- of the things that made The Daily Show so great is that it was a fresh right. take on the political discourse. It, it didn't matter that it was from the left or the right. right. All of us enjoyed it. Right. You know? And and now we're all the Daily Show. Like that's the only yeah. well, form of comedy that's worth anything. The thing is, is that entertainment has so become about social engineering now. Entertainment was entertainment in the forties, fifties, and sixties. Yeah. That's what it was. That's all it was. They knew they but knew I'm what like, they there, were. There are real comedians doing real creative stuff. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. And I'm completely in all of them. And yeah. it's the one career that I'm like, I can never do what these people do. They're yeah. not in a million years. I couldn't write enough jokes that were legitimately funny and put them together in yeah. that way. And there are people that are doing this, and you guys are just like, you have the biggest platform ever and you're mailing it in. Yeah. And that's the thing, is like I miss like I miss Jimmy Kimmel when he was good. I loved yeah. Jimmy Kimmel back in the day, yeah. and now I'm just annoyed with Jimmy Kimmel. And, and Jimmy Fallon <laughs> is like the the pet chihuahua that's he's like, just, please love me. Please he love is, me. and and this he's, guy is so great. This guy is so great. Our next guest is so great. Yeah, he's my so thing, great. my thing with Jimmy Fallon, I I've always liked Jimmy Fallon as an entertainer. I think yeah. he's a funny dude. Yeah. I love his impressions. Oh yeah, uh, he's a phenomenally talented guy. And he's guy. fairly creative. Yes. But you can tell he's in a box. My thing with Jimmy Fallon is when I look at the Tonight Show, I look at I think Johnny Carson. Johnny yeah. Carson was the epitome of what it meant to be a late night host. 
Johnny Carson was never excited to have anybody on his show because yeah. it was his show. People got excited to come on to Johnny Carson's show yeah. to get to sit across the desk from Carson. That was like the pinnacle of success when you could sit across from Carson yeah. and have a discussion. But he was still funny, and I never knew. I still don't know what, what Carson's political affiliation was. And that's why should And be. he would take digs at everybody. It didn't matter who it was. But... Um, Leno kind of had some of that. I would say it'd be yes, <laughs> but he was a little goofier yeah. uh, than Carson was. And with and I and I honestly, I feel like Conan could have had that. Conan's a silly dude, but he also he was not overly excitable. Like it was like it was still this is my show, my personality's in yeah. it. You're coming to my, you're in my dome here. This is my my place, and and Fallon is just like. He's literally like a little kid who's just like, I'm just happy to be here. And I'm like, that was maybe okay, like your first three months. Yeah. But like you're the host of the Tonight Show, man. You're supposed to be above above that. And and I still like him. He still has bits that I look at and I'm like, Yeah, you you still got it. You're still great. And he's probably the the least political active. Like he just wants to entertain. So I can at least appreciate that about him. But yeah, I, I miss I miss that era when it was like Entertainment was entertainment. Entertainment was distraction yeah. from all the other craziness that was going on in life. It wasn't trying to bring it back up to you and and manipulate your feelings and your emotions. It was like, no, we're here to give you an hour where you don't have to think about all yeah. the other crap going it's on an in the escape. world. And again, there are moments where you have to stand up for what you think and what you believe, and you have to you have to go beyond. And I understand that, but it can't just be all the time, and it can't be over every little thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's exhausting. <coughs> Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, I was just thinking through. We've we've kind of gone off on a tangent here, but um, I'm not sure what our Christmas schedule looks like mm. for coming out with stuff. So we're going to keep preparing. We'll keep reading some things that we're into yeah. right now. And, um, and we will have some stories for you, and we'll have other episodes. I just can't promise how quickly they're going to come yeah. out. We have families. It's going to be Christmas yes. time. It's going to be gatherings. Yes. And, what not? That's one of the most unfortunate things about the fact that I got sick over this era because this is kind of like our our last few episodes coming yeah. up to a break, and we haven't really missed these before like this. So I'm a little sad. I apologize to all of but our listeners. For I will that. say we have done a wonderful job this last year in coming out with content. We if have. I was going to cap this year and look back, we have at least been consistently getting together. We've been consistently recording, and I I hope you guys appreciate that like yes i i hope it's been a fun ride for you guys and that you know listening to it's been a good year for you um we enjoy doing it and we enjoy getting together consistently and putting yes. stuff out but i feel like that by itself is an accomplishment i agree even crowder's taking a break <laughs> right now i know i've been kind of <laughs> concerned about that it's a medical thing yeah so but i don't really i, hope, I haven't I been able to find okay. anything about what's actually going on there i'm yeah. a little concerned but yeah yeah it's just like it is it is difficult just in life and schedules and the way things go to make something like mm-hmm. this happen and i'm I'm proud of us for pulling it off. So. Well, I'm proud that we're still unscripted because I feel like the temptation yeah. is to come in here and like actually have a show together. Yeah. And I kind of like that we don't. I mean, again, I know that that's more common for podcasts, but I also feel like I, I, was, uh, I was looking up. John Mayer does a show right now. Oh, what's it called? I just saw something with it. It's on, it's, he does it uh, on, uh, on Instagram, I think. Uh, on on video on there and uh, oh now I have to look it up hang on I have to look up the name of it because it's going to bother me here we go yeah it's called current mood is is the name of the show okay current mood and he he posted a picture uh, on his on his uh, page of them now it's it's just an up close like a cell phone video Okay. Like it feels very much like oh he's just sitting there off the cuff, but then he posted a video of the set that they actually do this on, and it's massive. And it's I'm showing, huge. yeah, I'm showing it's like in a oh warehouse. My yeah. And he did this whole thing about most people don't realize how much goes into every episode of Current Mood. Each show takes a week and a half of planning and countless rehearsals to nail nail that quote off the cuff vibe the show is known for. Yep. So it's like they're rehearsing to make it seem like it's not rehearsed. And, and again, I respect that. Like, that's a huge amount of effort. And uh, the show is really funny. I have, I have watched it. I feel like that's going to be the new late night comedy is that kind of thing. Just yeah. somebody 
kicking it on a social media video uh, venue and, and, and rocking like that. But um, I like that we're unscripted. I like that we just kind of sit here and talk. I love that you and your dad last week was just, he literally didn't know what he was coming into. And no. You had a little bit That's loaded. That's why dad was a little scared. <laughs> and, and you can hear it at the beginning. Yeah. He's very hesitant to like yeah. get rolling. And yeah. I'm like, okay, I have a list of things that I thought out ahead <laughs> of time that I have to remember to ask him. And I'm a quarter way through this list. I got to start knocking things loose right. somehow. We got to right. loosen him up. But That's right. He did great. Like, I was really <laughs> proud of him yeah. for coming on in a pinch and helping us out. So, yeah. I told Sheldon, I said, I was glad that, I'm glad we do a little bit of a left and right pan on the audio here because there were moments where I didn't know if it was his dad talking or him because even though they don't sound exactly like, there's certain things that they say, of course, that do sound alike. And I was like, which one of them said that? And I'm like, oh, that was coming from the right. That was, that was, uh, yeah. <laughs> That was his dad. That was so. Dad. So going forward, like I do think that we're gonna keep going unscripted. We don't have the time, yeah, to script stuff out no. like this. I mean, anything that we bring to the table is pretty much off the top of our heads, and yeah. whatever we can grab on our cell phone as we're going. Like, right. there's not much other than like, hey, this is a topic. Let's press play and see what. And happens. I'm sure most people wouldn't necessarily believe that, but we're really opinionated, <laughs> so it's not hard for us to rant for an hour. About the hard part is, is narrowing it down <laughs> to the topic. So yeah. that's why we're always asking for your input. We will still take it anytime, yeah. even though it's not solicited every week. Yeah. That can be your action step every week. Send us a topic. Send us something that you want us to talk about because we'll narrow it down. Yeah. And, and we'll go after it, and it'll be unscripted. It'll be fun. But, yeah, as and always. I think, I think, too, one of the things we're going to do moving forward is you're actually going to be hearing more from regardless of whether we're getting our new, you know, like we said, we want for Christmas, our new interface, because we want to both be able to, to host this yeah. and have other guests in, but we might just start doing that thing where it's like, Hey, this week, why don't yeah. you have somebody else and, uh, and sit down? So I need to do and, a sit down and with somebody. I do and, think we could almost pull it off to have our wives in here. Yes. And like each of us share a mic. Yes. I think it's possible. But I think, I think that could work. Yes. It might result in a little marital strife trying to share the mic. It's okay. But just a little. It's okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, so I don't know if I want to do that on this podcast, but one of my friends was talking about if you were getting divorced. Oh, Lord. And they only allowed you to cite one word <clears throat> as your reason for it. What would be your word? Mine I came up with was Bitcoin. <laughs> All I would have to put in is Bitcoin, and Jess would know, and I would know, and it would be fine. Oh my goodness! Because she lost me a million dollars in Bitcoin. I know, but one look of at my where, other but look friends, at where Bitcoin is now. One of my other friends said that his would just be rice maker, and I'm like, what is that? And he's like, oh yeah, it it was like all these things were brewing and going on, and they had made a line in their budget, and he went over his over the budget and brought home a rice maker that she had given him permission to go buy like two months ago, but he'd been waiting and he uh. found it and he brought it home and it was right after the budget discussion. And she's like, this is everything. <laughs> it's either the rice maker or me. And oh my like, goodness. And, and he knew he had crossed the line. So then he went to take it back, forgot to actually take it back. And it came up like two weeks later uh. and it was still in his car. And he's like, yeah, all I would have to put on it is rice maker. And we're both like, yeah, that's probably oh, the my thing. Word. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we can discuss that when our wives are oh, on. Yeah. But that type of thing oh, yeah. is, is hilarious to talk oh, about. Oh, man, it would be so. so loud having both of our wives on here. <laughs> and not just because of them. Oh, no. But we would get louder as well in the midst of that. We're all very vocal people. And you get the four of us in a room, it just kind of escalates. That's why people thought it wouldn't work when me and Jess... Uh, started dating. They're like, how's that possible? <coughs> Who's going to talk? Mostly people kept telling Kayla if she dated me, she would marry me. And they were right. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> so again, we've kind of gotten this off This has into, been the randomest yeah, podcast yeah, yet, but, but it's we okay. had to carry you through okay. to the new year. So. It's okay. But part of my whole thing with this, let's, let's go back to the original thing here. Uh, one of the things that I feel like has really helped make me a well-rounded person and really good at trivia games is caring about some of these random details about a person. I think all too often today, whether it's 
people we admire or, you know, icons in sports or icons in entertainment or um, even, even, you know, mega church pastors or whatever it is yeah. that maybe it appeal to you or um, we don't actually look into what those persons, people's lives are like, yeah. what they actually did, who they actually were. We, we look at their work and we give them merit based on their work as opposed to saying, well, what do we actually know about them as a person? So yeah. I just want to encourage you, you know, like, and again, you can't get to know a celebrity, you know, outside of the random chance meeting and, Hey, you're going to randomly be buddies somehow, which I don't think that's ever happened. Um, but get to know what these people are actually about. Find out about their lives. Find out. Yeah. I mean, we live in an age when information about everybody is everywhere. And, uh, and that's, while that's scary to some degree, it's also really interesting because I think it allows you to place, it allows you to place your heroes in appropriate order. Yeah. Um, and, and instead of just having people that you consider iconic because of their work, you can actually look at their lives and look at the, the, the legacy of who they really were. And yeah. what they've left behind. And that's why I love a guy like Jimmy Stewart is because he, he was a guy who built a legacy, left a legacy, and it, it was consistent all throughout his life. And, uh, and, and I think that's a rare thing. And I think those are the kind of people that should be our heroes. I think, I think our heroes are, are too close to the ground these days. And, uh, and I think that, uh, and I don't mean that in the sense that they themselves are not lofty enough, but right. we don't even look at look at look at them enough. Yeah, to aspire to it should <laughs> yeah. be. And like, I can love an actor, I can love a musician, but I'm not going to look at them. I'm not going to pedestalize them if 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 their life is not what not not equal to what their work is. I mean, I'll pedestalize yeah. that aspect of them. But find out the things about the people that uh, are your heroes. Uh, find out the things that uh, that make them a person, that make them who they are. That catapulted them into the fame that they now have, find out how they got there. Um, There's a lot, I think, that we can learn. There's a lot that can be said, um, even in our own lives. There's a lot that we can see. There's a lot of looking in a mirror to actually look at somebody's life like that and and, and see what got them to where they are. So again, it's a small thing, but you'd be surprised the things that you learn about yourself and the things that you learn about other people by actually looking into somebody's life that way and really giving, you know, taking their life as a life as opposed to just looking at it as, as entertainment. Yeah. But anyway, for whatever that's worth, it's a strange little sermon to get off on on this, but it's just true for me. So here well, we there are. There we go. Yeah. We're in in time. We are. We are. But yeah, we'll go ahead and wrap it. Uh, guys, again, thanks so much for hanging with us. Yeah. Uh, we love getting to do this and we're sad when it doesn't happen. So I'm glad we, uh, we got back to it here. And December again, December has been one of our best months <laughs> in the last couple as far yeah. as listenership. Yep. You guys have been yep. doing great, and I really appreciate it. All those people listening while they're wrapping gifts. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, thanks a lot, you guys, and uh, we'll probably still see you next week, but then we'll see yeah. where we go from there. Thanks for joining the conversation today. The Things We Say is produced by Nate Ward. Technical direction is provided by Sheldon Stauffer. You can subscribe to The Things We Say on SoundCloud and iTunes. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at The Things We Say Podcast to keep the conversation going. This has been The Things We Say. See you next time.